All right, what's going on everyone and welcome to the first episode of the So Rare MLB show. This show is going to cover all things So Rare MLB, including injuries, rookie call-ups, starting pitching, bullpen options, and finally, most important part, stacks. So I am joined alongside my friend Nick. He writes So Rare MLB content on his Substack Ethersport, where you can find his rankings, or so ranks as he calls them, and other edges to play better on a budget. So Nick, how's it going? It's going great, man. I uh, just got back from lunch. Get to watch some midweek baseball, and a couple of my teams are even back from the dead. So, uh, <laughs> shocking to me, but it's been it's been a fun ride so far. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. I just got done watching the the Rays sweep the Red Sox to move to thirteen and zero. And uh, as a Red Sox fan, that was not fun, but the Rays look unstoppable this year. So you're a Red Sox fan? Hold on. Logo ball and everything. Look at that. Really? Okay. Oh yeah. Yeah. There my no, I have a sign ball back there though um, from uh, Kyle Seeger, Corey's older brother. But, oh, and I'm guessing you're a Mariners fan, as I saw. Yes, Mariners are my my first team, but Red Sox I've always liked. Nice. Yeah, Red Sox. I didn't know this. It's going to be a long year for the Red Sox, I think. But pitching is hard. Yeah, AL East looks pretty dominant this year. Anyways, we will start our show with the first segment, sure, uh, which is injury news. So first, before we get there, I just want to say for anyone new to Sober MLB, um, game, the game weeks cover either three or four game span. So the player score will be calculated by adding up the total points scored in, within those three or four games. So if you're like Ryan Mountcastle, uh, this game week, then you put up almost 90 points because that's the accumulation of four games worth of home runs. All right, injury news. Or very epic games, yes. <laughs> yep. All right, so we can start with injury news. The biggest injury uh, was happening two days ago, I believe. That was Corey Seager. Uh, he will be out for at least four weeks with a hamstring strain. Uh, he's one of the best middle infielders in the game. So it's unfortunate to see him go. It's tough for the Rangers. Um we also have the Twins have several injuries. Uh, Joey Gallo is the biggest one. He was just placed on the IL recently. Uh, he was pretty hot before that. I think he had three home runs pretty early on. Uh, Correa was held out of three straight games with a back injury. Uh, Byron Buxton also had a scary collision yesterday, but it looks like he will not be placed on the IL. And I believe I saw actually Correa and Buxton uh, were back in the lineup today. So that's good. Uh, yeah. The Twins. And the last one I want to say before I hand it over to you is the Brandon Woodruff injury news. He was placed on the 15-day injury list, uh, which is a big blow to one of the best stars in the game. And unfortunate for me because I earned one of his common cards as a reward. So I'll have to wait two weeks to use him. Um, but yeah, any any thoughts uh, or additional injuries that you have, Nick? Oh, well, Woodruff was sad for me too because I'm a huge Woodruff fan. So um your two-week wait is my two-week wait. But luckily, from what I saw, it's mostly just an extra rest kind of thing, a little bit of shoulder inflammation. Mm -hmm. So hopefully that's just the rest he needs, and then we're right back to where we were before. Um, so that'll be great, hopefully. Fingers crossed. Um, similarly, Buxton, I think you said he's back in the lineup today. I had seen they were expecting him back, if not today, then this weekend. So that's good, too. Um, Seeger's worrisome. He's had hamstring issues in the past um four weeks stay minimum but at the same time what they've the the rangers have described it as is tight not necessarily like 
you know, a torn um, hamstring or any of those sorts of things like the grades. Um, mm -hmm. I think it came out as a grade mm -hmm. two, um, which I believe is, you know, so, so, so mm -hmm. all in all that hopefully just means four weeks stays the minimum. And he's right back to ripping the cover off of baseballs right after that, which is great. Cause I went and bought a card um, on the news that he had a tight hamstring. So um, I'm, I'm along for this ride. Um, last but not least, I guess is Correa. It sounds like his back was just tight. So hopefully with the thinning of the ranks at middle infielder, we get him back sooner rather than later because um, we seem to be losing them faster than we're gaining them back. But yeah, that it's it's rough out there, and we just saw springs go down. Um, I'm not sure how long that one is expected mm -hmm. to be, but he had a, a forearm um, ligament problem, and so he got pulled from his start today too. So mm -hmm. we'll watch that one as well. Yeah, I saw that one as well. Uh, the Rays they have enough pitching though; they can they can deal without him. Um, <laughs> the Rays have an insane amount of pitching. Good lord, yeah. Um, all right. Well, I think that covers it for injuries. So we can move on to rookie call-ups. So there was one, speaking of race pitching, one guy that I want to mention is the Rays. Number one prospect was called up for yesterday's game where he faced the Red Sox and struck out eight through five innings. He did give up three runs, I believe, but he somewhat surprisingly was actually sent back down to AAA Durham. Um, I think they called up a reliever in exchange, but I assume he'll get called up at some point and I also looked for his so rare card in the marketplace and I don't think he has one yet, but I would expect an auction at some point if he does get called up later on. So Taj Bradley, I was calling him Taj Gibson earlier, but that's an NBA player. Um, Taj Bradley is so definitely someone to look, to look at going forward. And um, is there anyone else that you have your eyes on? Um, well, I, I actually Googled him on your show notes and I was like, wait a minute, <laughs> this is, this isn't right. Um, but yeah, so Taj is interesting and the Rays develop pitching like crazy. So definitely one to watch. Um, at the same time, the Rays are sort of notorious for maximizing things like service time and um, kind of team options on players. So I wouldn't be shocked if they treat him like sort of a fill-in starter or a like a sixth starter throughout a lot of the season. But heck, when you flash strikeouts like that on your first debut, um, maybe they can't keep you down for all that long. Uh, two bats I'm interested in. Um, one's maybe hopefully about to be called up and one's um, already up. So Brett Beatty was a favorite of mine through most of the offseason, hits the ball really hard. He's on an already, will be on, an already stacked Mets roster playing probably third base. Um, he has yet to be called up, but the rumor mill of New York is starting to sort of swirl about it already with um, him being a top prospect and their current third baseman not really um, starting the season off hot. So we'll, we'll say it nicely like that. Um, Beatty's one that I would be looking to add the moment we can find cards out there on the market. Um, so that's a fun one. And then one that just got called up is Edouard um, Julien from the Twins. And so with Gallo's injury, Julien's up to the big league roster. And over these last two years of the minors, he was reaching base at a, hold me here, um, a 440 clip. So almost 50% of the time the guy gets on base. Um, that might suffer a little bit at the big league level, but that's pretty impressive. And he does all that well um, over spring and through the WBC. 
he was hitting 317 with five home runs. So the guy can can really swing a bat against what seems like big league pitching. Um, so an excited, or I'm excited to monitor him. Um, I think he's starting for the first time today. So we'll see how he does. Cool. Yeah, it's uh look at the Yankees in that series, which tough pitching, but I'm also interested to see how he does. I remember Brett uh, Brett Beatty from last season. I think he I think I just remember him he was like a yeah. guy, lefty. Um but yeah, I know he's got some pop. Um so I'm interested to see both of those guys. All right. So yeah. I think sorry, go ahead. Oh no, you're good. Um yeah, Beatty's fun. He from what I can tell, you know, not going to be a giant home run guy, but going to be a very good sort of average hits the ball hard um, kind of guy. Is he related to, what was it, Matt Beatty, I think, who was on the Dodgers at one point? You know, that I do not know. We might, we <laughs> might have brothers. to circle back next week. <laughs> yeah, we'll have the answer for you guys next week. All right, so now we're going to move on to uh, more sort of game week five specific stuff. And we're going to look at starting pitching. And actually, for this segment, I have a handy uh, graphic here that I can pull up on the screen for you guys. So I I went through and, and made a list of some of the top guys going this week. Actually, all these guys are going on Sunday. So when I was researching, I realized that a lot of guys, fourth and fifth starters are going on Friday and Saturday. There was like nobody to pick from. I think Freddie Peralta was on there. He's all right. But these guys are all the top guys going um, as you can see here, I have the cover boy, Garrett Cole. Uh, it's not a hot take. He's one of the best pitchers in the league, but I do love him. Uh, this game week, he, he since the start of last season, he has a 32.3% strikeout rate and a 2.81 xFIP. Uh, he's he's done season just about every category except for home runs per nine, so he gives up less. But this shouldn't be an issue against Minnesota, who is dealing with injuries to their three best power hitters, especially Gallo, who should benefit from the short porch who would have benefited from the short porch at Yankee Stadium. So love Garrett Cole. The other guy I have is Dylan Cease versus the Orioles, which it is a tough matchup. I am actually really high in the Orioles as a whole this year. They have a great combo of speed and power. Um, we did see DeGrom just strike out 11 Orioles a week ago. Uh, that being said, DeGrom uh, has a much higher strikeout rate. Uh, he has a minuscule 3.3% walk rate compared to Cease's 10.4, which is actually very high. And Baltimore is above average when it comes to plate discipline. They're tied for eighth in the league with 50 walks a season. And they also will steal a lot when they get on base. They have the second most steals in the league um, right now with 17. So as long as uh, the base runners can be limited, which will be a little tough with the walk right there for Cease, uh, he does have a 30.8% strikeout rate. So he strikes out a ton of guys. I do think he could be one of the top arms on this slate. Um, I won't take all the best guys to talk about, but I did also throw in that I like uh, Luis Castillo versus the Rockies. Rockies are now on the road. Um, get them away from cores. It's always good. We have Max Scherzer versus Oakland. Oakland's terrible. Scherzer's coming off a good outing. And Pablo Lopez against the Yankees. I know Yankees are good, but Pablo Lopez has been really good in this season. I know he added a curveball, I believe, this year. And uh, he's been striking tons of guys out. So it's a tough matchup, but I also like Pablo uh, this game week. So I will toss it over to you, Nick, and you can talk about some starters for just, I can, I can sweep up the, the scraps here. Um, you've got a lot of good ones here. So Luis Castillo is a, a favorite of mine against Colorado. Max Scherzer has an awesome matchup against Oakland. Um, you mentioned Pablo throwing new pitches. He kind of did this to us last year too, 
of the first half of the season, he was just phenomenal and it seemed like he got tired. So I think whatever it is, new pitches, um, he's fresh, something he's amazing right now. Um, other favorites of mine from like a matchups perspective, gallon against Miami, um, Alcantara, if you want to trust him against Arizona, um, that's sort of a, a talent over maybe forget his last outing kind of deal. Um, Julio Arias against the Cubs is is interesting. He's the only one I could find that was on Saturday. So there's your your Saturday ace. Um, and Nola against the Reds is high leverage um, is the best way to put it because I believe the Reds strike out a lot. Nola is very, very good. But also they're in Cincinnati, and that's um, not a fun place to pitch. So if, if I were choosing, I would probably – go under the radar a little bit and maybe target Castillo, Scherzer, or Gallon, and let everybody else take Cease and Cole and just hope that they don't have quite as good outings. Nice. I like I like how you mentioned Gallon. He actually looks like the top guy from game week four right now. If I'm looking at it, he's got 46 Soder points in his last outing. Brewers. That's who it There is. we go. I see. I, I, I realized I could have just clicked on the Soder name. It would show me right there. <laughs> All right, awesome. now we know. Yeah, um, back. So yeah, Gallon had a very good outing, and he mm-hmm. should be starting again in this game week. And the matchup versus Miami looks pretty good. Yeah, so. yeah, I would I would like that one. Um, both from a he won't break your budget perspective, and like tons of upside with the matchup. So mm-hmm. if you're looking for somebody in advance of this weekend, that's a really fun one. Right. Yeah, definitely not like a big name guy. Probably keeps his price pretty low in the sober marketplace. No one really knows who he is. So sneaky good option there. All right. Well, I think we've exhausted starting pitching. Uh, We can move on to bullpen options. Uh, We don't have to spend a ton of time on here. Um, I know there's a lot more variance when it comes to picking bullpen guys. But uh, what I've been doing this year is trying to pick guys that are on teams that look like they're in a good position to sweep the series or just win. Uh, most of the games in the series and um, it's been working pretty well so far. So three guys that I highlighted are, uh, is Clay Holmes, the closer for the Yankees. So they're facing the twins and um, I know the twins, like they're a good, like a real life team. I know they're dealing with injuries, like we already said, but I do feel like the Yankees can still uh, win this series pretty handily. They have a great starting uh, rotation. Clay Holmes has been good. I think he led, if I'm not mistaken, amongst relievers, maybe game week two or something, or he had a really high score there. Um, I also have his limited card, so I'll be playing him full disclosure. Uh, Talk so, him up. <laughs> so Clay Holmes is good. Um, I also highlighted another guy who I have, AJ Minter, the Braves closer who has been making a lot of appearances and he will continue to make appearances, at least until Iglesias comes back who he's filling in for. Uh, but Minter has been really good. He plays for the Braves. The Braves are always winning. They're probably the best team in the league. So you can't go wrong having the closer on the best team in the league. And they're facing the Royals this week at uh, Kauffman Stadium. And they should be able to handle them pretty easily. The other guy that I wrote down is the Mets closer, filling in for Edwin Diaz. That is David Robertson. He is old, but that doesn't mean he's bad. He <laughs> Way to uh, fight ageism. <laughs> a kid. Exactly. So he he's going to face the Athletics. Hopefully, he'll get some save opportunities against them. Shouldn't be too hard. Athletics are not good. And, 
Yeah, so those are two guys that I highlighted. Is there anybody that you would like to talk about? So Robertson's an interesting one. I'll kind of segue off of that. I'm actually working on an article here, sort of trying to get at like, how the heck do you navigate relief pitching? <laughs> because you can go the closer route and hope for a save or hopefully two in a three game week, two saves is kind of a lot to ask. Um, four game week, more possible. The other avenue is to just target guys that appear a lot. And with closers, they don't appear if you're not in a save situation most of the time, unless they're getting sort of a service day of just kind of keep them warm. And so Robertson this week sort of worries me just because the Mets could throttle the athletics so hard that Robertson doesn't even see the field. And so I don't, I don't know. I mean, maybe there's a couple games where that's a bit closer. Um, but with closers, there's just so many things that need to happen correctly for them to appear. And so I'm wondering if occasionally the play is just to take a guy that might appear twice, like a middle reliever or a, a strong, almost holds guy that might get non-save situations too. So mm -hmm. no, nobody to call out other than um, I tend to like to pick slates where the teams are close, but not like I still like the favored ones, as you mentioned but maybe not so heavily favored that you're looking at a whole bunch of blowouts. Right. Yeah, that makes sense to me. I think it was game week two where I was looking at the top relievers um, and none of them were closer. Like the top five, none of them were closers. It's like Jorge Lopez, another yeah. Twins guy. Um, they they were at the top there. So I'm like, oh, maybe that's a trend. I'll keep my eye on that. I wrote about it in my breakdown. Yeah. And then the following week, five closers were at the top. So I'm like, oh, you know, maybe, yeah. maybe I wasn't right. So <laughs> it's like, we're still kind of figuring out as we go uh, closer mm -hmm. or Relievers is definitely not my specialty. You know, I've got a lot of <laughs> daily fantasy in my life. You never have to touch relievers. So I'm um, definitely learning the strategies as we go. It's a very good point with teams that might just so easily blow out the other team that you don't even, you know, you wouldn't even want to consider rostering them because they might not even need them, you know? Yeah. Um, and to so maybe backtrack awesome. a little, like mm -hmm. for those of us that are newer to, to baseball, but, you know, hold hands, it's so rare. In order to earn a save, your team has to only be ahead by three runs, essentially. Um, and so on games where the team's going to win by five or six or seven, that's not a save situation. And so you don't get those 10 points for a save. Whereas mm -hmm. the other guys, um, that probably came in in relief, um, with that new rule of five points, just for an appearance, you can kind of make up some lack of saves with just sheer volume. So it's something to watch. I'll, I'll be trying to write about it here soon, but mm -hmm. right now it's closer and relievers felt like a bit of a dart throw so right it's yeah it's, it's been it's, fun it's like my least favorite thing to write about there's just a lot of variance and yeah you know, it's the last thing i thought i'd write about when the season started but here yeah we each team has like seven or eight guys like who do i pick you know but i think there, there could definitely be skill if you know if you know these bullpens well i mean there's definitely skill to picking these guys so something that i want to uh, learn about more as the season goes on all right so we can go to our final section here before we close out and that is stacks so i went through the matchups and i highlighted a couple stacks that i like for this game week the first one is the angels so the angels will play the first three games of their four game series against boston at family park for game week five uh chris sale and Corey kluber will not be starting this game week those are the two best uh pitchers in the red sox rotation even though they've both been pretty bad uh kluber went today and gave up a bunch of runs 
Um, so the Red Sox will roll out Tanner Howe, Nick Pavetta, and what looks like Garrett Whitlock, still to, to be determined on, on Sunday, but it should be Garrett Whitlock. Uh, those guys have not been good. I also want to note that the temperatures have started to rise in Boston. Uh, I believe it's like 88 right now in Massachusetts. Um, and this line, and it should be like that for the next couple of days. Uh, this lineup has multiple right-handed power bats, obviously Trout. Um, they should all benefit from the Green Monster. We have Hunter Renfro in a revenge game. We have Taylor Ward leading off, should be leading off, and also Brennan Jury. So a lot of these guys have power and can benefit from Fenway Park. Um, obviously, Shohei is there too. Didn't mention him, but he is um, one of their best players. But it's kind of hard unless you already own him because he's priced like there's two players combined. is so rare because uh, he also pitches. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Revenge, bro. Um, <laughs> hey, I mean, he used to yeah, he matched when he was in the Red Sox. You know, he loves the monster. Yeah. So the other stack that I really like in game week five is the Phillies. So the Phillies, they should draw Connor Overton, Graham Ashcraft, and Luis Sessa this weekend at Great American Ballpark. They're playing the Reds. Um, interesting to note, the Reds have two good starting pitchers in their rotation, Hunter Green and Nick Lodolo. And the Phillies somehow managed to, to face neither of those guys in this game week, so that worked out well. Uh, they are facing Lodolo uh, tonight in game one of that four-game series, but that's not on game week five, so that's fine. Um, Phillies haven't quite lived up to expectations this year. Obviously, Bryce Harper's out, Reese Hoskins out. Uh, but they did put up 15 runs on Monday, and they draw one of the best matchups on the board at Great American Ballpark. Um, one other thing to note here is it's usually a bad idea to play catchers on the weekends because they get um, usual routine off days. Uh, but JT Romito usually uh, plays on the weekends. So he's one guy, you know, he's the guy that you want in the stack. He's one of the best hitters. Um, so don't be afraid to include him in your Philly stack. All right, those are my two. And I'll hand it over now to Nick. All right. Well, I'll start at like the very top. Um, this is the most boring and unexciting pick, but the Braves are a wonderful stack this weekend. They draw, let's look at the, the pitcher planner here. They draw Bubik, Granke, and Weathers. Um, none of them expected to um, be in the top 200 of pitchers on the weekend. So um, take with that what you will. If you already have the Braves on your team or you're looking for just a stud-filled stack, um, that's that's where I'd go. A little bit more affordable, though, you could go with White Sox against the Orioles or the Orioles against the White Sox. It really doesn't matter. Um, they're both going to be probably quite a bit of fun this weekend. And then the Guardians against Washington should be a nice stack, too, if you've got those, um, those Guardians shares. So a lot of fun there. And then last but not least, because I'm wearing the Mariners hat and I'm a Mariners <laughs> fan, I will say that I'm not a huge fan of the Rockies roster as far as pitching goes. So if you have Mariners to stack up, I would definitely do so. Nice. Yeah, I am also on board with the Mariners. Uh, Jared Kalenic, is that you pronounce that? Kalenic? Uh, I believe it's Kelnick. Kelenic. Okay, I think I've only seen yeah. it written. We get to hear that yeah. name pronounced. But... The media has pronounced it about 10 different ways now, and I think we're finally <laughs> narrowing in on its Kelnick. Yeah, and he looks good. I keep seeing that 480-plus-foot bomb on my Twitter feed uh, video. So yeah. he looks like he's got some power. Yeah, if he can cut that strikeout rate just a little bit and keep the power, um, he's going to oh, make yeah. all the, the prospect hype that he had three years ago maybe come mm -hmm. true. Love him. Yeah, he is going to be good. 
All right. Well, I think that does it for our analysis of game week five. Um, we will awesome. go ahead and close out the show. And Nick, is there anything else you would like to share with the people before we leave? Um, nothing major. You can follow me at nmitchell11 or nmitchell11 on Twitter. You can follow Hunter at Hunter himself on Twitter, and you can catch all the baseball edges from my end at ethersport.substack.com. Nice. All right. Thank you, everybody, for watching. I hope everyone crushes in game week four. If you didn't have Ryan Mountcastle or Max Muncy, I feel sorry for you. And best of luck. <laughs> As always, to next week. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, best of luck to everyone in game week five. Awesome. Thank you all for watching. And thanks, Hunter.